What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the UGA Sports Call-In Show, Sunday night, 8 p.m., live on Facebook and YouTube. I'm your host, Paul Harry, joined by my co-host, Jason Butt, and my co-host, Benjamin Boxman, today. Benjamin. Oh, ben. I didn't uh, know so that got put on there. The, uh, the full name there. But uh, guys, if you are joining us live, go ahead and put some comments in the uh, chat. Let us know that you can hear us. And we are taking your questions as well as uh, you can call in, especially if you are uh, a grandparent of a running back uh, this time. Because <laughs> we're going to be talking about the running backs on this show uh, and a little bit of, about you know recruiting, things of that nature. We'll toss that to Ben and let him have some fun with that as well. But uh, Lee Godown says first. There he is. First guy on the show. So, uh, guys, diving into it quick and uh, abrupt. We talked a little bit last week about the quarterbacks. We're This is our plan. We're going to kind of move forward with each position group each week until uh, something crazy happens at Georgia. Not a ton. Ha- Jason, we talked about it last yeah. week. Two weeks in a row, not a lot moving on Georgia football front. Uh, seems kind of weird to me. Uh, but, yeah. you know, Maybe something's going on in the background we just don't know about, but it, it was another slow week in terms of Georgia football. But that doesn't mean that we aren't going to bring you guys the best possible content we can. And we're going to jump into running backs, which top two leading rushers, Jason, Zamir White and James Cook, are moving on to the NFL draft, which means who needs to step up? for the Georgia Bulldogs this year? That's uh, simple. You know, you got Kendall Milton. I think he's poised to be that traditional uh, lead back, first, second down kind of guy. And then you've got Kenny McIntosh. Uh, you know, he, he, he's somebody that I really think can fill the James Cook role. Um, I, I, you know, when I, I did a story on him, I guess it's been about maybe a year and a half ago now. And I, and I talked to his high school coach and he said, you know, the thing that stood out was in, in high school, he said he has some of the best hands you'll ever see from a running back. He just really hasn't had the opportunity at Georgia to get those kind of opportunities uh, because of James Cook being ahead of him on the depth chart. So I really do think that that you can get a pretty good one-two punch with Milton and McIntosh. Um, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, Zamir White uh, did a pretty good job um, you know, as a lead back. At the same time, they, they rotated – uh, the heck out of those running backs. So you, you, they go, they, they, I could see them trying to go three, four deep again. Um, but at the same time, I think you're going to get the bulk of your carries from those two that I, that I mentioned Branson Robinson. And we talked about him last week. I believe Ben brought up that he thinks he'll, he'll slide in as number three by the time it's over. I tend to agree with that too. Um, I, I think he's, he's somebody that has a, a whole lot of potential uh, and, and has the, has a, a frame already built for, uh, for the college game. So, I definitely think that's a that's a big possibility or a great possibility as well. Ben, I'll let you go ahead and get your opening statements on these running backs. I'm going to play a little devil's advocate with you guys. You know how I do. So yeah. <laughs> well, I think Kendall Milton will be more of what Zamir White was in terms of his role, and I think because he, he's caught a few passes for Georgia, Kendall Milton, but it's kind of similar to what they do with Zamir in the pass game. Not much, but you still have to a little bit. Um, the other one to me, obviously, like, uh, Jason said was Kendall Milton or not Kendall Milton, um, Kenny McIntosh, Kenny McIntosh is, I think PFF said he's like the best receiving back returning in college football this year. I remember seeing that his grade was like a 94 receiving grade. And I think you have to use him and he's really good in the return game too. He's going to be really vital for Georgia next year. It's just a matter of, 
you know, he's one of those guys who stuck it out. This is going to be his fourth year, and he's finally starting because Georgia running backs have such a high rate of getting drafted. It's It's got to be in, like, over the last, like, five or six years, like, almost every single one has gotten drafted or at least made the league, minus I can think of Brian Harrion and Elijah Holyfield. They're the only two that I could think of that didn't get drafted, but they made the, the league as undrafted free agents. So um, I think Georgia's going to be fine there. I think Branson Robinson will be – number three back by midseason. He's not early enrolling, so he's not with the team right now, but he will by the summer. And I think if he was, I think his odds of potentially cracking that top rotation would be much higher. But um, he's living out the rest of his senior year in, in Mississippi and finishing out his senior year of high school, so I don't blame him there. But then Dejon Edwards. No finished senior year in Mississippi? You don't blame him for finishing out uh, senior No, I, I don't blame him because he's, you know, he's a senior in high school. Just No, yeah. I'm just, yeah, I know. But – like it's just how you said it. You're like, I don't blame him for finishing in Mississippi. Like, well, I don't you've been to Mississippi. I've never been to Mississippi. I don't know if it's yeah, yeah you're not missing there. Yeah, um, it's pretty barren, dude. There's there's not a lot going on out there. That's why he's so boring out there. The grove seems pretty cool from what I've heard. Yeah, no, but man. like besides the grove, that one exit, it's like another 10, 15 miles both directions until there's anything else. It's just farmland. Yeah, it's just farmland, and yeah, I mean that's why Branson's just lifting weights. There's nothing else to do out there. They might not even have internet out there, Ben. <laughs> that's true. He doesn't even post much. So, <laughs> but no, here to build, give Mississippi internet. All right, we got. So, we um, do have somebody that wants to join us. Uh, he keeps flashing it out. So when he does come in, I'll, I'll get him on the show. Um, looks like he's having some connection issues, uh, but I want to play devil's advocate with you guys because both of you guys, the first running back that you mentioned was not Kenny McIntosh. It was Kendall Milton. And if you go by just statistics here, Kendall Milton has one touchdown for the University of Georgia. He's his one. Okay. Uh, Kenny McIntosh total has eight. And two of those were through the air. Now, now you both bring up great points. Kenny Mack will definitely step into that James Cook role, I think. Be a weapon out of the backfield. No doubt about it. He was the second leading uh, wide receiver, or excuse me, running back. Uh, in receptions last year, just five behind James Cook at uh, 27. Uh, Kenny Mack had 22. But you both mentioned Kendall Milton. And to play devil's advocate with you guys, he's played only seven games his freshman and sophomore year. Is he healthy enough to play a full season? And I can't remember the last time Georgia really put out their true number one running back to a, to a guy like Kendall Milton to where he had, he's shown production. He, had, yeah, he averaged just five yards a carry, but – that consistency, that injury bug has really kind of hurt him his first two years. Is he SEC ready to be that? Because Zamir, you know, refilling Zamir and just the way that he's able to be hit and things of that nature, is Kendall Milton ready for that? Well, two things. One, we can't predict injuries. We can't. And two, you look and you see Zamir White was more injury prone. I guess you can say coming into Georgia, tours ACL last year of high school, tours ACL like two weeks before his freshman year, and he ended up being healthy the rest of the way. So he can be healthy. It's definitely a possibility. But, yeah, that, that's a question mark. The reason I didn't bring up Kendall Milton first just to say, oh, he's better than McIntosh. I brought him up first because he's going to be more of like Zamir and Kenny's going to be more like James. That's what I'm well, trying to say. It's going to be a one-two like punch. It's not going to be one or the other. 
They're going right, to be a one-two punch. But I think it's been just more the fan base has kind of rallied around that whole Kindle being the number one guy. But has he shown to be the number one guy? Before you answer that, Jason, I want to bring in John Miles, who's come in a few times. Hey, John, can you hear us? Rallied around that whole Kindle being the number one guy. But has he shown? Hey, what's up? Number one guy. Before you. Hey, what's going on, man? I think you got a little echo there. Uh, but what's, what's yeah? Going on? I don't have any. I don't have any earmuffs. So okay, okay. Well, just I, I, put my, I put my hands to my ear. Will that work? <laughs> I don't know. Just just go ahead and ask your question, and then we'll we'll answer it live for you, so we don't have too much feedback. Okay. Well, I, I, maybe he can maybe he can find some headphones, Jason. You can help him out because uh, it's a little feedback there. <laughs> I got a yeah. My mic John, John, if you have a question, go ahead and put it in the chat, and we'll make sure to get it up on the screen that way. How about that for you? Um, and if anybody else has any questions as well, you can put them in the chat. We'll make sure to get those on the screen. Uh, but back to the whole Kendall Milton. Mm-hmm thing there jason it just seems like the fan base and then both of you guys both mentioned him first maybe you know not on, not on purpose but you both did uh, and, and i'm just curious as to what and i'm not saying he doesn't have the physical traits to be that number one guy i truly think he does just what makes you think that he's gonna step in and be that guy so uh, let's let's kind of take that like take it a different, I don't want to say a different direction, but you can, you can do whatever you want. Jason. Well, when, <laughs> well, when we say the number one back, it's more so who starts the game, but the way Georgia uses their running backs, it, it's not a traditional, this is your bell cow. This is your number two. Who's going to come in and do this. You're, you know, it's definitely more along the lines of, uh, a pretty deep rotation last year they went four guys I mean, you really didn't i mean zamir white played what like 40 50 percent of the snaps i mean they do yeah, they so. their di- distribution of of carries and 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 um and just being in on plays it's they're trying to keep guys fresh for a full 15 game season the goal is obviously playoffs national championship that's really why you look at who they got what they bring to the table where they're going to fit where they're going to play I don't expect Kendall Milton to be a 20, 25 carry game a guy. I, I don't think Kenny McIntosh is going to do that. They have, and I think, you know, from the fan base, uh, I remember last season, midway when, when you're trying to nitpick and find things to, to critique. And even I, to a degree, was wondering if Georgia should, uh, you know, use Zamir White more, use James Cook more, and go with. Uh, let those running backs get going and, and get comfortable and, and, and uh, get more momentum as the game goes on. That's not the coach's strategy. I mean, they proved that. They did not do that whatsoever throughout the entire season. Very much 12 to 16 touches max for that top guy. The next guy is going to get about 8 to 12, and then they kind of fall in line from there. Um, like uh, mentioning Edwards as a number four, I think Edwards, Edwards was maybe the best fifth – fifth string running back I saw in the country last year. He'd come in in garbage time and then just clean up. And so I could see a scenario where he gets four to six touches a game, uh, you know, in meaningful action is what I'm saying. So that's really, I think, what Ben and I are referring to. It's like, okay, by by default, he's the number one running back, but that's really not how they run their system here. They number one, really. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a deep rotation. Um, you know, one guy might get more carries one game, another guy might the next, but for the most part, you're going to get a, the 12 to 16, eight to 12. Um, and then kind of fall in line after that. That's really what we're referring to. I I think it's, it's not that traditional setup whatsoever that I think fans are still think exists. It really just doesn't. 
to give you guys some uh, stats from last year, Zamir had 160 carries, James Cook 113, Kenny Mack with 58, and then mm-hmm. Kendall Milton only playing seven games uh, had 56, Stetson Bennett had 56, and then uh, Dejon Edwards had 49. So, you know, it's one of those things. I, I just I just wanted to put you guys out there because a lot of people have, have really kind of built this whole Kendall Milton hype up, and and very good reason. I mean, you go watch his high school tape. You go watch his, some of his runs that he's had at Georgia. The guy is a true playmaker. It's just the injuries and things of that nature. What happens, and, you know, I'm just putting this out there, because I look at this running back room Georgia has right now, and I've gone back, you know, doing a little bit of research here. I'm no Dave McMahon of UJSports.com, so please don't quote me on anything crazy here. Uh, but I go back and I look, and I'm like, man, when was the last time that Georgia's had a running back class like a running back room like this. You had Swift, Holyfield, and Harrion. Holyfield and Harrion weren't really that heralded, if you will, but they got the job done. Now you come into 2022 and you lose Amir and you lose James Cook. So you've got Kenny McIntosh, Kendall Milton, Edwards, and then Branson Robinson. But it just Andrew seems- Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have the superstar. You never know. Never but it, it just, I don't know, is does it seem thin, thin to me right now because we haven't seen a ton of production out of the guys that are still there? Or is that just me thinking crazy? Is, is the running back room deep enough, Ben? I think it's talented enough. I think the only thing is Kenny McIntosh's speed is my only question. How fast is he? Because I think when you look at James Cook, he was so fast for mm-hmm. a third down back. I think he ran in the four fours. He looked like he could run the four threes when he was on the field, like you could see that speed and elusiveness. Does Kenny McIntosh have that? Cause I think Kendall Milton can do what Zamir white does. I think he just needs more time out there on the field and more touches. Cause remember last year, there was complaints amongst the fan base guys would come in, they'd get one or two carries. They would take him out. You got to let guys get buttered up and let them go. You, you, you got to do that. Uh, I remember we were talking about it on the call-in show. That was something that – Oh, yeah, drove, drove us absolutely crazy. Yeah, you, yeah you'd have a guy in there for three plays and you'd get 30 yards and you'd take him out. You wouldn't see him for till the third quarter. Because, like, you looked at Alabama, Brian Robinson got, like, all – I mean, that Cincinnati game, he had, like, 30-some carries. Mm-hmm. There were some drives where he had, like, eight carries in a row. Like, yeah. that wasn't happening at, at Georgia at all. It wasn't coming close. So – that's something that, you, you know, the running back, the how many touches each guy gets. If they're not confident in Branson or I thought Dejon Edwards looked really good and Andrew Paul's probably going to have to develop at least for a year, I assume. And he's not an early enrollee, so it's going to be a struggle for him. But I think those two, um, if they feel confident in the run game, they're going to get a bunch of touches. They're going to each get like around 14 a game, which is pretty solid. And I think it's more of on the drives, getting them repetitive touches because – they get going, you know, who knows? Last year they didn't let the running backs do that. So I think that's one of the X factors nobody's talked about is what's the system like for these guys? Because are they going to be able to run the ball five times in a drive or not? And that that's kind of what I was leading to our next point, Jason, was from the little bit of tidbits that we get, it looks like for right now, George is leaning more pass heavy uh, and, and not so much the running game. That could be for a number of things. You do less running in the offseason uh, leads to hopefully less injuries for your running backs, things of that nature, guys getting rolled up on, et cetera. Uh, but for what we've heard, uh, it sounds like the passing game has maybe stepped up a little bit more for, for Georgia. So is that a good thing because this running back 
and and I don't want to say that they're they're new, but none of these guys have have had a prominent role. And this is the first year I think yeah. that Georgia doesn't have a running back coming back that you could say, oh well, Nick and Sony handed it off to DeAndre Swift. DeAndre is going to have it in good hands. Oh, DeAndre handed it off to Zamir and, and Cook. It's in great hands. You can say, yeah, it's getting handed off to Milton and McIntosh, but Milton's been a little injury prone. McIntosh, can he run, you know, as well as he can catch? It just seems like this year to me, out of the four or five years in the past, it finally seems like, yes, they have the talent, but also, you know, is the passing game going to be leaned on a little bit more heavily? And, and you know, how does that all play out? Yeah, and I think you make a good point about the passing game, and which would bode well for Kenny McIntosh getting more more of those snaps anyway. But, um, you know, it, I think last year they wanted to lean on the passing game a little more too, and then uh, JT got hurt. And it was, and then they went with Stetson, who originally Carson Beck was going to be the number two. And then they went with Stetson, and they leaned on the run game until they felt really comfortable with him being able to run the offense. And I think that, in essence, is really why you're seeing these reports of the of the um, passing game stepping up, is because this is a full off season with Stetson Bennett as your number one quarterback. You get him as much run and a and a pass first mentality this spring to get him as comfortable as he can possibly be going into the season because they didn't have to last year with the defense uh strangling opponents week in week out they could just kind of uh you know run the clock out uh sit on the ball and then the third and fourth quarter you know that might not happen with all the defensive turnover they might they may be in some situations this coming season where they have to to play a shootout ball and so um i, I think really that's what you're you're seeing uh or maybe one of the reasons why you're, you're seeing these reports about them being pass heavy, um, how that affects the running backs. Uh, you know, I, I, again, Kenny McIntosh, that's, that's the guy who, who has a, who, who will play a, a pretty big role if they end up in games where, um, you know, they're throwing, they're throwing the crap out of the ball. I think last year, just the game script really favored um, the rotation to, to stay as much as it, it did. And so um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I do, I mean, not to, I say that like the defense is all of a sudden going to drop off tremendously. Right. I don't expect that whatsoever. But um, but, but you you're know, losing a lot of guys over there. You are, you are, you are, and you and you just can't expect. I mean, this last year's defense was a once in a lifetime unit, and you know if you have a once in a lifetime unit on defense, your running backs are going to uh, uh, be relied upon in the second half. Uh, that that may not be the case. They may be in a lot more close, you know, a lot more closer games uh, this coming season. So. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how the game script plays out on a week-to-week basis. Could be different depending on if it's a uh, a shootout or if they end up in a slugfest. Um, uh, but but I, I think they got the guys. It's it's I think what you're alluding to is the experience, which is is always concerning. I mean, you want everybody to be as experienced as possible. At the same time, we've seen running backs across the country on any team. That's one of those positions where guys seemingly have waited their turn, and then they step up and they're fine. It's it's just not. Um, experience isn't as important at running back, I feel like, than a lot of other positions. So that's really why I'm not concerned by this position at all. Yeah, and, and Paul, I would also add to that, Stetson Bennett, presuming he's the quarterback next year, and even Brock Vandergriff was the quarterback at an over next year. They helped the running. You know, the, I, I've said this uh, when Lamar Jackson was in the NFL, uh, the running backs that, that the Ravens had looked way better than they really were because they had a dual-threat quarterback who – you had to watch out for in the run game. When you have a dual-threat quarterback, it helps the running backs. So that's something where when Stetson came in, the running game got better. I remember the running game when, when JT was in there. It wasn't bad per se, 
but you, you saw the running game got more explosive. The explosive plays in the running game were better. So I think that's something that will help the running backs. No offense to Carson Beck and if Miss Caroline's watching, but I think he's the one who we haven't seen as much to know, is he that mobile? Because he didn't run in high school as much as these other guys. So outside of him, I know the other guys are were all dual threat quarterbacks coming out of uh, high school. So that's going to help uh, the running game and the running backs a lot with their production. And to move on kind of still with the running backs, I feel like we have to ask this with every position because we did last uh, show as well. And I might be asking a question that's completely oblivious here. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. But what about transfers? We're in the we're in the world of, you know, transfers here, transfers there, transfers everywhere. It feels like college basketball in a sense. College basketball. First of all, college basketball is crazy. Like just the LSU lost their entire roster. Texas Tech had a bunch of like fifth year guys from every school you could possibly think of. And they made a good, pretty good run. And it was guys that had never played together. Anyways, back to uh, not to get too off topic. Yeah, that is crazy. LSU, uh, hopefully they can field a team. Uh, Georgia <laughs> might be right there with them, though. Uh, you know, it, it seems like uh, Mike White's trying to bring in some guys. And, and I think hopefully. it's a good thing for Georgia, to be honest. I yeah. think it's a good thing. You can't get worse. Yeah, right. You can't get worse. But like in terms of transfers at this running back position, do we see any transfer candidates? Do they need another running back? Is this room full? Is it good? I'm I'm just throwing it out there because I feel like I'm gonna. This is gonna be a question I'm gonna have to ask at every position. So I might as well just continue to roll with it. Running backs too. I, I don't think so. I, I think if they take a transfer, it'd be a wide receiver on defense. That, that's where I think you're going to get the transfer. You, you're, you're probably going to get a receiver, and then maybe you get a DB, whether it be a safety, or if you want to get um, a D lineman, that's a possibility. That, or edge rusher. That's where I think they could go in the transfer portal. Receiver for sure, and one or two on defense. I just Running back, you have five guys, two with experience. Dejan Edwards, quality third back, and Branson Robinson's coming in. And I mean, just a little announcement because I just put it in. Um, I think next year, according to Rivals' current rankings, because um, Ruben Owens listed as an all-purpose back, I have Georgia projected to get the top two running backs. So long-term, they're going to be set because I I think Richard Young and Justice Haynes, as of now, especially Haynes, are going to end up at Georgia. So I, I think they're they're set. I don't think they need a portal guy. We've got we've got a Nathaniel Holsey uh, watching us saying Edwards is leaving if he's not the third string back, guys. You know, I don't know. What's up? What's up, Jason? Where we at transfer wise here at running back? Yeah, I'm I'm with Ben on um now if if Daniel's prediction comes out true. Uh but I mean that that would that would be the year after that would be after this year, obviously. I mean he's he's the third back until you know Branson makes a run at it. Um whether he can hold him off or not. But um yeah, I don't think they need a portal guy this year. I think they're they're set. They got enough guys. I mean, again, it's it's a position that you see guys step in all the time. Uh, it's um, they would have to feel really bad about the room. We haven't heard anything that would right. suggest the coaches feel bad about the running back. So um, that that's why I don't think they're going to go get a portal guy now. Um, and then, as Ben said, recruiting looks strong at the position moving forward. So. I, yeah, I, I just don't see it at all. I, I think there's there's other positions. You have a scholarship limit, and there's other positions that, um, you know, may, maybe require a, a close look at a at a transfer. So um, don't see it at running back at all. I, I had to ask because 
next week when we talk about the right wide receivers, I think that uh, that topic will last a little bit longer yeah. than the uh, three minutes we just took on it here with the running backs. Besides Kenny Mack and Kendall Milton, who is who's your third guy? Start of the year and the end of the year, because I'm mm. curious, because my third guy might be a little different. And I, I my third guy is going to be Edwards all the way through. So starting, he's going to be a third guy. And ending the year, he's going to be third guy in 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 rushing yards. Jason and, Andrew, Paul. Andrew Paul. Andrew <laughs> Paul. I'm going with um, I'll go start Edwards, close Branson over time. Okay. I'll um, I'll go start Edwards. I'll I'll say close uh, Branson, but at the same time, I don't think that's going to necessarily take away from uh, Edwards' uh, ability to get touches in games. I still think he'll be a factor. I think they go four deep. Worst case scenario here, Milton gets hurt, and then they all have to step up a spot as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if anybody gets hurt. I, I think that it's one of those positions that you really hope everybody's healthy throughout the whole year because it could throw a little wrench into the system they're trying to run. You know, with with Milton being that power back, then you maybe have to throw Robinson into that power back role super early. I mean – I don't know if Dejon Edwards could really run that. You'd really have to rely on McIntosh heavily. And if McIntosh gets hurt on the other end of the spectrum, in terms of receptions out of running backs, guys, uh, the next guy on the list, I guess, would be Dejon Edwards. He had two last year, mm. uh, and Kendall Milton had two. So if you miss out on – if Kenny Mack – I, I, I think if Kenny Mack gets hurt, then you're in real big trouble because I think you're going to rely on him a little bit more – Kendall Milton with that power back, that Zamir-like quality, you could fill in with Edwards maybe. I know you could do it with Robinson. And then, like Ben says, Andrew Paul, you know, who knows what's happening with that kid. Uh, I think the sleeper is Reed Gilbert. Could he – hey, he's back to receiver tight end. Maybe they're just going to throw him in running back. <laughs> you heard it here first. You heard it, you heard it here first on the UGA Sports College show uh, – Ben Bachman is predicting a Reed Gilbert uh, to running back by the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, besides that, guys, anything else you want to wrap up on this running back room before we just maybe hit a couple of recruiting questions? I mean, I think we touched on it fairly well. Uh, if there is an injury here, though, guys, I would be curious to see how it would play out because I don't know who you're – I guess last question about the running backs before we go into some recruiting. I don't know who your second – receiving back is behind K Mac if he gets hurt. Cause last year you had James Cook and then you had Kendall uh excuse me K Mac who could also catch the ball. I don't know if there's correct me if I'm wrong. I can't find one on the roster that really fits that that prototypical what Todd Munkin likes to see in that uh receiver slash running back, if you will. I would go with Edwards because he's very elusive. So just getting the ball in his hands on things like screens, I think could be really effective. So I, I think by default, it would be him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if Georgia wants to see that, to be honest. Uh, I don't, I don't know if Georgia really wants to go either. on that track. <laughs> um, because like I said, Dejan and Kendall both had two receptions last year. Uh, moving on to recruiting big weekend. We're going to leave a ton of that stuff for the uh, rumors versus facts guys on Monday. They do a great job, but Ben, Anything stick out in your mind uh, recruiting-wise? I know you just dropped a nugget talking about Georgia getting the top two running backs uh, for the next class, but anything stick out to you recruiting-wise that the folks that don't watch the Monday show, that only watch us cool kids on Sunday night, uh, are missing out on if they don't see the show? So me and Blaine Gilmer, 
um, over there uh, with us at, at um, ugasports.com. I actually had a conversation about recruiting generalized, just about this recruiting class in particular. And I told them, and we both agreed that how well Georgia recruits Alabama will be very big in long term, the, the state this year, in Georgia and Alabama and where Georgia's trajectory is. If Georgia goes into Bama this year after beating them in the national championship and takes a James Smith that we think is very realistic, he was just in town this past weekend. He's been to Georgia, I believe, more than he's been to Alabama. And there's been a lot of buzz around him in Georgia recently, especially his teammate Quay Russo. If they were to get those two guys, if an A.J. Harris or a Tony Mitchell, who neither are trending to Alabama right now, Georgia gets one of them, uh, Tamarian Parker, everyone expects him to end up in Georgia. That's a huge wave to say Georgia's going into a state like Alabama and they're pulling all these elite kids. This is the most loaded the state's ever been. And I think Georgia right now could realistically land three to four of the top eight or nine players from that state. And Bama wants all those guys. And that's incredible to think about. And almost everyone in the recruiting industry believes it's very realistic. So that to me just sticks out. And I think that's going to be one thing to follow because if Georgia is going into Alabama's home, home turf and stealing their guys, I think it it could speed up Georgia being the team in college football. And I think outside of that, I still think Arch Manning, I did some checking, and I still think he ends up in Georgia as of now. I'd not, oh. um, I, I would still be wary about Texas, but I, I think as of right now, he ends up in Georgia, even though Paul doesn't want that to happen because – Everyone would transfer out according to Paul's sources being himself. <laughs> no, no. I, look, man, I, I was going to, you asked, you you brought up Manning. I was going to bring in this, you know, he said, uh, we're getting, Nathaniel over on Facebook said, we're getting the Manning kid. Uh, I was going to bring that up for you. Now that you can see the comments after a year and a half of on this new program, which I've hid them from you for a specific yeah, reason. Yeah, you have. I'm, now, I'm still curious to why. <laughs> you can. You can. I'm getting more praise than you in the comments section. You just don't want to. You just don't want to say it. Right. 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 Yeah. No. Uh, but I was going to ask you because I think we should make that a weekly thing as well. Uh, the uh, weekly. I don't know what should we call it. Choppies. The Choppy Cast on Arch Manning or something like that. It, maybe some, come up with something cool. We'll do well, a weekly well, the cast. Thing. We're basically just stealing the whole Manning thing. They already have the Manning cast, so we're just we're just ripping Ooh. them off straight up. Well, okay, so like, yeah, we can't take the Manning cast. Would that be trademark, Jason? You know more about trademark than I would. I actually don't. I don't know. I mean, it's. it's Can we do they a Manning? It, I, they don't like Manning cast is like the nickname for it, but I think the official name of it is like Monday Night Football with Peyton and Eli. So I don't know. I mean. I, if ESPN was smarter, they trademarked it. But all right, um, but I mean, so maybe we'll do like the uh, the Arch Cast, Ben. I mean, you. you I mean, you can't you can't copyright the word cast. And true. But, I mean, you're you're I, you should be fine as long as you. All right, so we're, we're okay. I, I just talked yeah. to my lawyer, Ben. Ben, we're all right. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so well, you got to think like mega cast, telecast. Like I like. So I thought someone cast. tried to. I remember learning in school about someone having the trademark or the copyright or something for the happy birthday song. And you're like, you can't. Yeah. Have that. You can't have that word. Everyone uses that word. Yeah. Like, it's normal language. You can't copyright that crap. Well, I mean, it, I still remember, I don't know if folks watching, uh, if you go to Longhorns on your birthday, they don't, they don't sing happy birthday. And I know the song. I know the, the actual happy birthday song from Longhorns. It's like, Fried chicken, country hog. It's your birthday hot dog. Like that's that's what they say. Yeah, 
You have to pay up. Yeah, you have to pay up for the sing happy birthday. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, I mean, they wrote person wrote the song, and I guess whatever. I, I need to look into it. I get. I would assume like the family that uh, it got passed down. They just they're just raking in money year after year. <laughs> right? Could you imagine? Like, hey, yeah. hey, hey, how'd you get your wealth? Uh, well, my great grandfather uh, wrote this song. It's called Happy Birthday. And, uh, <laughs> and every time anybody says that or even remotely says that on TV, we get a little bit of money. And yeah. there's a ton of TV stations. That would be such a dick move, but it's genius. I can't oh, front yeah. anybody for doing that. Like, that's genius. Like, yeah. you're being such an ass, but it's <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so, okay, so maybe we do, like, the Choppy cast, because you're, you're, your nickname's Choppy. Your internet's obviously Choppy, because you're going in and out. Um so maybe we do the choppy cast on Arch Manning. How do you feel today on a one to 10 scale? 10 is uh, he shows up in Athens when he's, uh, you know, signed. One is there's no way he ends up in Athens. Ben Bachman would be in Athens before Arch Manning. Seven. So, so this week is a seven. seven. Yeah, All right, I, I feel good. I don't, I don't feel perfect because of the nature of the recruitment. Because truthfully – I believe at least Georgia and Texas, the people close to that feel good, but the only people, a lot of the people who are close to them and stuff like that, I think there's more Georgia buzz there. So that's why I lean Georgia more so because a lot of those kids like, and Paul, you've even covered it. Like they're recruits who tell every school I'm committing there. I can tell you a plethora of kids in the past. They'll commit to every coaching staff and everyone's like, Oh, I expect to get this kid or this kid. Like who knows? Um, Yeah. And not saying A.J. Harris is one of them, but A.J. Harris has had five different leaders. He is a uh, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, Florida, and uh, I think Alabama. He's had all five of them as his leader at one time. He's had like three different oh, commitment I, dates. Like these kids, they, they change a lot and they tell I would too. Stuff. I would too, Ben. Don't act for a second like you wouldn't either, dude. I would be the lead. Dude, I would have the top ten schools, Jason. Every one of them would be my leader for a week. And I would just let them just hype me up for that week. I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I would. Uh, you know what? Even though I'm a part of the media, I guess you could say, with this recruiting, honestly, I would lie to every media place telling them I'm all going to this one school and then pick the other one just for that surprise factor. Yeah. yeah but, then, but then it looks like you're untruthful, Ben. Then, like, it's no, like, but, but here's the thing because you're, you learn, you're literally the no, thing, and, and I'm a part of it, I give them <laughs> kind yeah. of spoil of recruitment, you can say. I want that. Oh, surprise i wasn't expecting that. that that kid told me he was committing to penn state he just said f penn state and he just went to michigan or wherever the hell you're going like i feel like that's cool that's cool to do because when you see a bunch of future cats you're like oh it's expected he's coming here but when you have that surprise commitment oh it feels better if i was a fan i'd be like oh that feels so good this guy was supposed to go to florida now he's coming to georgia oh i love that yeah i mean i i could see it i could see it. i mean that's what happened uh I can't think of the name off the top of my head right now. I'm going completely blank. The kid that was supposed to go to Georgia and ended up at Florida, the safety. Ben, help me out. Oh. Mario Wilson. Yeah, Wilson. Mario Wilson. Wilson. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's right. That's what happened with him. I mean, so there's your uh, there's there's your case there. Um, but no, so a seven on the choppy cast, Arch Manning. I might even get you a graphic for that, Ben, so we can have that each week until he commits. So a seven this week, Jason. A seven. We'll see how he feels. And you can and. Just so you know, kind of like how Dave Portnoy says, that is a rookie score, seven. So you can go like 7.2, 7.6. You, you can adjust. Oh. 
you don't yeah you, you don't have to just go round like numbers. i'm reviewing pizzas exactly oh. exactly you can you can go non-round numbers there uh, to give yourself a little bit of of uh you know room if you don't want to jump to an eight so fast you can go to like a 7.5 if you want 7.4 whatever so uh but i think that's it guys next week will be interesting we've got 13 days 13 days until g day so we get to see the best of the best in terms of what georgia has to offer and of course we're going to be talking about that second string quarterback guys because you know he's going to ball out that's what's going to be the topic in two weeks next week uh, guys, we are going to discuss wide receivers and tight ends, which I think will get a lot more buzz because you lost a little bit of your uh, firepower there, and you've definitely lost some of it here in the spring in terms of injuries. So, uh, and Gilbert, we're going to be talking about Gilbert, what he can bring, the secret sauce to the uh, running back room. Yeah, to the, well, yeah, to, yeah. We might have, we should have just left him in this one, Jason, uh, for the running back. Brock <laughs> basically a running back at least ten percent of his snaps. I mean. He gets a bunch of rushes. Maybe, yeah, honestly, maybe Brock Bowers is the receiving running back. Milton, right? Could you, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think, hold on, Brock Bowers has one rushing touchdown. He has the same amount of rushing touchdowns. So does Jordan Davis, if you really want to get yeah. uh, well, He had one against Vandy. I could have sworn he had another one. No, you Brock Bowers what? had one. He had one. Damn it. Well, he had, two, he had two carries. I think I think he had a carry that got – I think it close. I don't know. I think yeah, he had two carries that game. He had four was carries. It a carry? he had four I remember carries. he made a big play against Kentucky that was like a screen or something. It got called back. I don't, maybe that was yeah. a jet sweep. I don't remember. He had, got he had four, four total carries last year uh, for 56 yards. So, wow. I don't know. Hey, I mean, it, that's what is he like? That's 14, 14, that's 14 yards a carry. I mean, yeah. there you go. There you go. I mean, just put him back there. He's, they say he's got the speed. But no, well, guys, now you're in the Brock Bowers fan club. Oh. Oh, after being King Brock Bowers hater. Oh, look, look, oh, Paul, Paul look. eating his words. No, <laughs> here's what happened, Jason. Here's what happened. Yeah, I need to hear this. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you, the, I'll give you a quick story on this. Uh, so last year, Ben was a huge Brock Bowers guy right around this time, actually. Right okay. around, oh, spring, oh, this is what he's going to use. This is what spring, he's going to use. No, no, this is what exactly what happened. He was a big Brock Bowers guy. And I was a big A.D. Mitchell guy. That was my guy, right? And then springtime came. A.D. looked damn good in G-Day. Mm -hmm. Brock uh, just kind of looked like a, a tight end, right? It looked well, good. Brock had, looked good. Yeah, it looked good. It looked good. It looked right? like a tight end. What? He's a tight end. He looked like a good tight end. My guy was A.D. Mitchell. Ben's was, yeah. was Bowers. And throughout yeah. the whole season, right, I'm just getting crapped on because Bowers is out here turning it in, you know, one of the best, if not the best season for any tight end uh, in, the, in the league last year. Yeah. But who got the last laugh because A.D. Mitchell caught that amazing touchdown in the national championship game. So I think we're kind of even. Oh, 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 oh. Bowers caught a touchdown to make it an eight-point game. And wait, who is the single-season reception touchdown record in Georgia history? He did that in one year as a tight end. And he was used as like a jet sweep receiver back in high school. And he hey, didn't man. play his senior year in high school, and he did that. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. 80, 80 <laughs> you are saying. You're just <laughs> yeah, That's one way to put it. He, I remember he initially said, oh, everyone's talking about uh, Brock Bowers. 
So they I'm were. Just A.D. Mitchell, when it hits, it's going to be all <laughs> compared to that. You should have just – It's the. I know it's a stock that maybe, you know, it was determined because everyone was saying Bauer is going to be something. Just take it. It's a gimme. Just take it. No, but gimme. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, oh, the I reason think- that nobody else saw it. No, just take the gimme. Ben, the reason I didn't hop on, I, and I eventually did. If you watch the call-in shows, you know, the, the POS shows after, like, game six or game seven, I said I was starting another Brock Bowers uh, train, you know, fan train, and I was going to be the head conductor on it. We were taking it all the way home. But I never I never once left A.D. Mitchell's side. Never did. Um, even with all his drops, even with, with the bad things that happened, uh, never once left his side. And 80 was a buy low, sell high stock, Jason. Brock Bauer's stock was already too high for me to get into. So that's why. There's the story. Okay. So I, I, I'm still holding my 80 stock because guess what? It's going to go up even more. We're going to talk about it next you know week. J- Jason could be a Lad McConkey guy because he's better than 80. Whoa. Next week's going to – I'm telling you guys right now. Right, yeah, next week's going to be fun. Next week's going to be real fun. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, this is what, yeah. If this is what Benny's bringing out. Next week's going to be real fun, guys. So next week we will preview G-Day, and then we will also talk about wide receivers and tight ends. This week we're going to wrap it up, though. Appreciate you guys listening in so much for this running back talk, me playing devil's advocate and Jason and Ben having to put up with it. We'll see you guys next week, Sunday at 8 o'clock. This is the UGA Sports Call-In Show. Hopefully next week you guys will call in. But if you don't, it's all right. We'll answer your questions in the comments section anyway. If you didn't catch us live, you can rewatch it on YouTube, and it'll also be on our podcast where you can get your podcast, ujasports.com. Uh, what do I miss? Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. So, guys, we appreciate you so much, and uh, we will talk to you guys later on. Thanks so much.